Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to sport our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Hemp Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It is hard to believe we've been having in-depth weekly conversations about movies since 2011. Oh, you're telling me. Producing this show week after week is so much fun, but it does require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, one easy way is by using our Originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these great discussions. The Originals page at thenextreel.com slash originals links to the source material from all of our adapted film discussions. Purchasing through our links support the show at no extra cost to you. In Season 12, the focus was big franchises and series. We covered both Paddington films, adapted from the beloved children's book character created by Michael Bond. Oh, I love those films so much. Hugh Grant is perfect. For our Pitch Perfect series, the first film was adapted from Mickey Rapkin's nonfiction book about collegiate acapella competitions. It's like a short story of my life, literally. I lived college acapella. Sing it, brother. I lived college acapella. <laughs> I didn't mean literally. <laughs> You know who you're talking to, right? The Twilight Saga dominated the season with five films adapted from Stephanie Meyer's vampire romance novels, Twilight, New Moon, Eclipse, and the two Breaking Dawn parts. Dominated with awkward romance and nonsense logic is more like it. <laughs> that too. Another Thin Man brought us back to Dashiell Hammett's only Thin Man sequel based on other Hammett material, The Farewell Murder, that wasn't just based on the characters from the first film. We talked about Train Spotting and its sequel, T2 Train Spotting, adapted from Irvine Welsh's novels. Ugh, I hate the sequel's name. I do too. And the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy, adapted from J.R.R. Tolkien's epic fantasy series. Love these. Extended editions all the way, baby. Plus, all the Mission Impossible films based on the 1960s TV series. And we've still got at least one more to go. Members got to hear us chat about The Hustler and The Color of Money, adapted from Walter Tevis's books. Get all of these books and more at our Originals page, thenextreel.com slash originals. Start your next read from the movies we've covered at thenextreel.com slash originals.
I'm Pete Wright. And I'm Andy Nelson. Welcome to the next reel. When the movie ends. Our conversation begins. Except for this is not one of those shows, Andy. It's still a conversation. Well, it's a conversation, but it's not one of those conversations. <laughs> You're, it's this not is, one of those. <laughs> it's a very special. It's a VIP. It's a no, a VSE. A very special episode. Uh, we do this from time to time. These uh, crossover episodes with other shows that are on the True Story FM network, and we are thrilled to be able to uh, do that for you today. So, Andy, what are we listening to today? This is a, a crossover episode. We're joining up with the team from the Divorce Podcast: How to Split a Toaster, a divorce podcast about saving your relationships, and uh, you're a co-host on that show. I am. I am indeed. But you are not. Most principally, you are a, a producer, and and uh, so it's normally me and Seth talking about divorce and law and sex and relationships and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but for this special episode, we, you are on that show, and we, the three of us, you, me, and Seth, are talking about movies. And the thing to know about this is that you and I know about movies, and Seth does not. But we have a theme, and we asked Seth to bring his favorite movies about, what was it? It was co-parenting. Co-parenting best co-parenting in the movies and uh, so we offer this episode for you all to hear a little flavor of seth how to split a toaster it's a fun show we try to have a good time with it so hey you know if you're on the market for a divorce check us out if not enjoy listening to us talk more about movies happy holidays happy holidays Welcome to How to Split a Toaster, a divorce podcast about saving your relationships from True Story FM. Today, your toaster hits the movies. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Seth Nelson. As always, I'm here with my good friend Pete Wright and a special guest. Andy Nelson, our producer. Pete, we let him talk like once or twice a year. This is it. <laughs> once or twice a year. That's it. He's come out of the cage. <laughs> <laughs> this is the bizarre, the bizarre uh, crossover episode. Andy and I do uh, another show called The Next Real Film Podcast, and uh, we talk about movies. And here you and I, Seth, talk about uh, divorce and the law. And now this is our third, our third annual TNR Toaster Crossover, where we talk about legal issues, divorce issues in film. And today, we should let Andy introduce, don't you think, the, the topic. We, we should. And my favorite thing about this show is this is the time where I know that both of you have so much more knowledge about this topic than I do, that I actually feel like I'm the guest <laughs> on the show that's just kind of limping us along. So... I know you guys are going to carry the show today. I appreciate it. I appreciate that holiday gift you're giving me. I look forward to the show every year. <laughs> the show that is a break. Okay. Okay. That's right. Hi, Andy. It's always fun. Yes, we are, uh, you know, trying to come up with interesting divorce topics. And it's the holidays. And, you know, we figured, you know, co-parenting is a, is a tricky thing during the holidays. So what if we do movies that involve parents working on their co-parenting skills? And so here we are talking about movies that have co-parenting in them. Did you did you have a particular strategy for your picks? I I feel like I've been uh, derided for some of my very serious and heavy picks in yes, past you're, crossovers that we've done. You're speaking broadly, but specifically by Seth for, for yes, your right, picks. Right. 
So largely, I tried uh, picking things that I think are a lot more joyous and entertaining. So that's where I landed. Okay. Uh, I did too, and I didn't, I don't think I did. I don't think I did great, but I am, I am increasingly happy. An hour ago, I was not happy. And then I started hearing some of the things that Seth is picking, and I'm, I'm happier with my choices now. How's that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's fair enough, because it's embarrassing how little I know about pop culture. And I don't watch a lot of movies. And if I do find time to watch a movie, it's usually at night and I turn on the remote on the TV with the remote and I have never seen the end of a movie because I will just fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) And I will share this with you. This is so embarrassing. I literally fell asleep when I was picking the movie. I hadn't even started it yet. The remote was in my hand and my fiance looked over at me the next morning and said, I cannot believe I'm marrying you. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Your fiance, she, she's better at movies than you are, would you say? A thousand times better. She knows. She's like you guys. What year it was, who was in it. You know, she probably even knows like the set locations and all this other stuff that you guys talk about that I don't understand. No, she knows movies up and down. And then she will tell me to pick a movie and I will pick a bad movie time and time again. And then she'll delegate to me and I'm like, are you sure? Like the track record is not good here. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. There, is, there are those people in your life that you feel like, uh, like they keep giving me recommendations and there's going to be a straw that will break this back, that they will go on the never accept a recommendation from this person anymore list. And you have to be very <laughs> right. careful about, you don't want to ever be that person in somebody else's life. So uh, I think this, let this show serve as a warning to others. Uh, only good recommendations. Yeah. So please. if I name a show or a movie and these guys don't approve, do not watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. Noted. Well, I will tell you my strategy. Uh, I tried to pick movies that I thought would be fun for largely for the family and movies that I have had a good experience watching with my family. And so because the last time we did this, I think we picked some some real downers. And so we wanted to pick some I wanted to choose some movies that I thought would be fun for everybody in whatever sort of co-parent mechanic you have going on in your life. So how would we like do we draw straws? I don't remember how we do this. Or does Andy just go first? Andy goes first. He never gets to talk. Oh, he always he doesn't get to talk. All right, Andy, give it to us. Oh, all right, then. Well, for my first one, I'm going with a film, you know, the the joy of having kids is getting to start going to see a lot more kids movies. I mean, I guess it can be a joy and a curse, <laughs> depending on the movie. When you have to see them 3,000 times. Right. Uh, there are those for sure. Absolutely. Uh, this is one I actually only saw once in the theater with my uh, daughter, who was um, six at the time, I suppose. Um, but it was a very fun movie. It was just... It was a delight of a film, and uh, I think a lot of that goes to Jim Carrey, who's always fun to watch, but also the fact that he is uh, surrounded by so many penguins. Uh, That's right. It's Mr. (laughs) Popper's Penguins. Um, uh, Jim Carrey plays a, I think he's like a real estate um, salesman or like a businessman or something, and he's he's trying to buy a particular property um, at Central Park called Tavern on the Green. But he runs into an issue when his uh, father, who I, I don't think he sees a whole lot or saw, like died and and basically gifted him with a whole bunch of penguins that he had um, come into uh, ownership of 
in Antarctica. And so suddenly all these penguins show up in his house and, and, you know, he is trying to deal with this. And I haven't even mentioned the fact, but he is divorced. He has two kids. And I think he was going to get rid of the penguins, but then his son mistakenly thinks that they're a gift to him. And so now he has to keep the penguins and it's this whole thing. Um, and then his ex-wife, and this is a good example of, of co-parenting because she kind of ends up helping them kind of sort out this whole issue. And it becomes, you know, it's just, it's a fun, uh, family film, uh, a good time. Uh, Jim Carrey, Carla Gugino plays his ex-wife and, uh, she's always amazing. She's always great. Angela Lansbury was in it as I think the owner of the Tavern on the Green property that he's trying to buy. And so... It's it's a fun film. It's an easy film, especially for the holidays. Jim Carrey and Dancing Penguins. I mean, it's hard to go wrong. Dancing Penguins. You can never go wrong with Dancing Penguins. <laughs> there, and you can go wrong with some Jim Carrey movies. You, I mean, there yes, are, he, he has some real highlights, but also some tough ones to get through. And this is not one of them. I think it is. A, it's a that's a great pick. That's a great pick. I've been watching a long time. It's an easy watch. Yeah. Uh, Seth, you want to do number two? Sure. So I actually did have a theme in picking movies. Mm. I wanted a legal term in the title. <laughs> oh, okay. So I went with Santa Claus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Santa Claus. Yep, exactly. Tim Allen, little upset. I have the kids put the earmuffs on right now. He's upset because his ex-wife and her husband tried, but did not do so successfully, to break it to their six-year-old son that Santa is not real. We know that's a lie. Santa is real. But that's what they're trying to say. And what happens is he ends up on the roof of his house and Santa is there and he startles Santa who falls off the roof, leaving nothing but instructions and eight reindeers on what to do. So he has to deliver all the gifts all around town while trying to still co-parent and make Christmas special for his kid. Oh, oh. And I got to tell you, what nice you, Jewish guy picking yeah. Santa Claus as a movie. I'm doing something right. I know. That's pretty good. <laughs> I think you are. I think you're doing, you're very open-minded of you. It's a very sweet movie. It's the only one I've seen of the franchise, but uh, I did enjoy that one quite a bit. Well, isn't it, what's the story with it? The, there's a current show, it's a show, right? Santa Clauses? Yeah, isn't I think it's still going. something new about it? It's just out, right? Like, just this season. Yeah, I think I so. I have not seen it. No. And my kids are old enough now that they don't actually care so much for it. They're in that sort of liminal space where it's like, oh, I'm too old to watch kids' movies, but not the old enough to enjoy kids' movies again. They'll come back around. But right now, it's they're not into it. Um, fond memories of that movie. Even as Tim Allen got a little bit questionable. <laughs> the movie was good. He wasn't at the time, though. He wasn't at the time. That's right. That's always a struggle. Like when there's a good movie early on and then they do something questionable later in life. Do you not like the movie anymore? I don't know how to deal with that. Well, it's funny you should mention that. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, my my first pick, I don't... I, uh, I don't know a lot of of the story about this, the original source materials author. I know that I grew up with Roll Doll stuff, uh, you know, Roll Doll books, and I really enjoyed them. And I read the B the the BFG uh, cover to cover multiple times as a kid under the covers with a flashlight. Like I just I like those stories, and one of those stories has been made a couple of times. Uh, the one I'm picking is 1996's Matilda, uh, about a girl gifted with a keen intellect and psychic powers. And uh, she deals with her 
very, very terrible family, uh, played by Rhea Perlman and uh, real-life husband uh, Danny DeVito. They're always fantastic and crazy, and they're terrible parents, but they're they're like a distant, I don't know that they're necessarily co-parents. They've inherited her. I don't remember the entire story backstory about how she ends up in their awful family, but the, her parents are, are uh, have passed away, and she's now in their care, the Wormwood care. She's also it goes, attends a school uh, full of people who don't understand her, except her freewheeling hippie of a teacher, uh, and they together dodge the uh, misdeeds of Miss Trunchbull, the headmistress, who is just a terrible human being. And so I think that story is fun. It is, I have this, uh, this kind of rule. The IMDb, the Internet Movie Database, has a rating system of zero to 10 stars. And my rule is generally, if it's over six stars, it's worth watching. If it's well over six stars, it's worth watching multiple times. In this case, Matilda, the 1996 Matilda, is a 6.9 on the IMDb six-star scale, for my uh, thinking of it. And it is uh, definitely worth watching. It's a good family film. But again, it's 1996. So why is it an appropriate time for me to pick this movie? Because of Netflix, y'all. Netflix is coming, is doing the adaptation, not of just the material, but of the musical that was an adaptation of the original source material, the musical Matilda. It's actually called Roll Dolls Matilda the Musical. The music of this, uh, of the musical adaptation of this story is fantastic. I am a little bit worried. I'm not going to lie, because right now on IMDb, even though the thing has not come out yet, it's a 5.9 on the IMDb. Call that on the bubble. Start scale. It's I, Yeah, it is on the bubble. But let me tell you, you know what I learned today is how to pick better movies. Go to IMDb <laughs> on the six point scale, according to Pete. Anything yeah. higher than six stars, I can pick, and maybe, Pretty you safe. know, maybe I'll be able to pick a decent yeah, movie. Might be a good yeah. starting place. There is a corollary right. to this to the six star rule. If it's under two stars, you, it's a guilty pleasure. Yeah, you got to. You're watch allowed it. to like it again yeah. because it's yeah. so bad. It's good yeah. again. It like comes back around. Gotcha. So uh, anyway, Roll Dolls Matilda the musical, which is really my pick because I'm very excited. I'm a musical theater nut, and uh, this one comes out in uh, December 25th. I think it's a limited theatrical run, and then it'll drop on Netflix. Uh, so there you go, Matilda the musical. Matilda the musical. All right, Andy, you're up. All right, so this one, uh, it, it's kind of hard to say this one is co-parenting, but it is about a single dad uh, dealing with his daughter who is curious about her mother. And uh, it's a really kind of just adorable romantic comedy uh, film called Definitely Maybe. Uh, Ryan Reynolds plays the dad of Abigail Breslin, who uh, just had her first sex ed class. And now she's curious, like, uh, about all of the stuff with um, with her dad, who is actually going through a divorce with uh, with her stepmom. And so she is now trying to figure out who is my real mom. And he kind of makes it this guessing game, which is why the movie is kind of cute. Uh, you know, trying to figure out um, and he's telling her kind of the story about the three women that he had really loved in his life. There was April, there was Emily and there was Summer. And he's kind of giving him this story of these three women. And his daughter uh, is trying to figure out which one um, is his mom. And he kind of paints one in a nice picture. And then she's like, oh, I hope she's my mom. And then um, something happens. And then she's like, I hope this next one's my mom. And, and you get to the end. And it's just it's just a fantastically... Um, romantic end as he um, is reconnecting with the mom, as it turns out. He's he's getting divorced from uh, who he's currently with, but he has actually, he is getting uh, reconnected. And so it's a really sweet movie. 
definitely something um, worth checking out that uh, gives you the feels. It is definitely maybe. I will definitely maybe check that out. I wonder how many times that joke has been made. Uh, I'm sure critics love the title. I'm sure it came up a lot. I was just wondering how many times anyone's actually laughed at that joke, how many times it's been made. (laughs) Only the first time, Seth. Only the first time. Um, I I have to say, I've never seen this movie. Definitely, maybe. Is that crazy? You you would love it. I I think think you would would really enjoy it. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, Isla Fisher, um, Elizabeth Banks, Rachel Weitz. Um, Derek Luke, Kevin Klein. I mean, it's got a fantastic cast. Pete, you got to Google IMDb. Let's see what the star rating is. <laughs> Do you have it up, Andy? IMDb. I don't. I don't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna find it right now. Okay, you. Uh, let's just see how good the movie is, Andy. 2008. It's. It's. IMDb is is a, a valuable resource and very slow. 7.1! There we have it. Andy, your movie's worth watching. There you go. <laughs> Phew! <laughs> okay. Dane with the legal theme. Sure. Mrs. Doubtfire, as in doubt beyond a reasonable doubt. Oh! Okay, I had to stretch it a little there. Okay. Okay. Now, Robin, I'm going to say I'm going to say my definitely maybe joke was better. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) I told you I am not carrying the show today. Okay, so Robin Williams does not do well in court. He gets to see his kids once a day. Remember, the mom gets them or once a week. The mom gets them the rest of the week. Be careful what you wish for. When you have your kids six out of seven days and nights, what do you need? You need help. So she puts out an ad for a nanny. And what Robin Williams' character does is dresses up as a British lady named Mrs. Doubtfire and applies for the nanny job so he can see his kids. And he gets the job. So he's constantly in his ex's house with his kids, but they don't know that he is really him, their father and ex. They think it is this British nanny, elderly woman. And a little trivia on this one, guys. In his biography, he wanted to test out how believable Mrs. Doubtfire would be. He got all dressed up as her and went to an adult bookstore to make a purchase, and he was not recognized. (laughs) (laughs) And if you picture what she looks like, it would be awesome to run into her in an adult bookstore. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is fantastic. What would I? I can't. I can't wow. find it right now. What was her name? Euphigen, Euphigenia, I think. Euphigenia Doubtfire, or something like that. It was just fantastic. And it was Sally Fields was her was the um, ex, the mom, and then Pierce Bronson was her new boyfriend. Bronson, yep. yeah. And and he had all these funny interactions with Robin as Mrs. Doubtfire. So it was. It's a really funny movie. A drive by fruiting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I will say, Seth, uh, to y- your picks credit, seven point one on the IMDb scale. It is just the same, tied with Andy, and I don't know what I'm doing. Even a blind, even a blind squirrel. <laughs> that is extraordinary. That's right. <laughs> extraordinary. Uh, my my next pick. I am a oh, John Favreau. We know John Favreau. He's a he's a, a a titan in superhero moviedom. 
uh, does a lot of work with Marvel. He was behind Iron Man. He, he, he the director of Iron Man. He was also happy in Iron Man. Fantastic. Uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. He was Iron Man. Scarlett Johansson was Black Widow. What possible movie could I be talking about with John Favreau, Robert Downey Jr., Scarlett Johansson, John Leguizamo? I'm talking about one of my very favorite, uh, favorite movies, favorite movie settings. Uh, you put a movie that lives in this place in front of me, I will watch it every single time. That is a kitchen. The movie is Chef. It is a fantastic family movie in which John Favreau plays a chef at a fancy hoity-toity restaurant owned by the uh, fa- always fantastic Dustin Hoffman, and uh, he uh, is fired because he's an egomaniac, this chef, and he, uh, as his life resets, um, he decides he's going to buy a food truck and he's going to go make Cubano sandwiches because that's what he's really, really good at. And John Leguizamo is his sous chef and joins him in the truck. And who else joins him in the truck, you might be asking? Well, that's his son, Percy, played by MJ Anthony. And uh, he's in a co-parenting relationship uh, with Sofia Vergara, uh, his ex-wife. And they he it, it is a road trip movie. It's a rediscovering who you are as a as a man and as a human being movie and as a father. And it's a lot of chopping that is so viscerally satisfying. There's so much chopping. Uh, I absolutely love this movie. Chef, it's a 7.3, suckers. Yeah, and you stole Ooh. mine. That was my only other one. I have no backup. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great movie. I love yeah. all those kitchen movies. Oh, so good. So, so good. It makes me so hungry. So good. Uh, Yeah, so hungry. And and stick through the closing credits if you watch it, because you see Favreau learning to cook this incredible grilled cheese sandwich in the closing credits from this professional chef whose name escapes me all of a sudden. Who who was the sous chef again? Who played that role? John Leguizamo. Okay, I got a funny story about him. You've got a Legua story? (laughs) I do. So I know nothing about pop culture. And my quasi stepson was graduating from um northwestern and he was um doing film and acting and john's daughter happened to be his classmate so we were going to a graduation party where john was going to be there and i get scolded before i ever show up look there's going to be a famous actor there don't say anything stupid don't try to act cool we're going to say this, like, be yourself, but not really. And, like, the kids are just giving me a hard time. And I said, I wouldn't even know that he was a famous actor. I'm so bad. (laughs) So I don't know why you're giving me this lecture. And they say, because we don't want you to get into a conversation with him and then say, so what do you do for a living? (laughs) (laughs) He was the nicest guy. That's awesome. He's very approachable. was just like any other parent at a barbecue for their kids' graduation. He yeah. could not have been nicer and more gracious and ask about everybody else and 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 go from there. He was a lot of fun. I want to I tell you just a very brief counter story to your example. I went to school with a young woman who was the daughter of a celebrity. And um, at graduation, that celebrity shows up to the graduation ceremony wearing uh, a uh, white, like, kind of a leisure suit uh, with giant sunglasses and a huge brimmed hat that feels like it would be more appropriate with like a zoot suit. It was it was just a massive hat and that down over his eyes because as 
it got out, he didn't want to be recognized. Right. <laughs> now, now, that celebrity, who was that celebrity? That celebrity was Bob Denver, notoriously Gilligan. Oh, my gosh. From 1964 wow. to 1967 on Gilligan's Island. Uh, yes. I I don't think any, he had anything to worry about. That's honestly. hilarious. But, uh, yeah. Bob Denver. <laughs> Big hat guy. Big hat. It's the holiday season. We need to talk about the holidays. People are watching watching some movies. Might be putting a few back, don't you think? Let me tell you, I did the other night. Oh. I'll be honest about it. Yeah? Watched the movie. Had a drink. Actually, I had two. Okay. But I will tell you this. I did not have my child at the time. And the good news about that is, one, I'm not in a divorce. I am not being accused of not being a responsible parent. I'm not being accused of drinking to excess because all those things happen in divorce and all those things happen over the holiday time and all those things happen when you go to movies. And there are even some movie theaters that you can take your kid to and order a drink these days. Right, right. So what are you going to do to to help me, help yourself, help your kids, help your co-parenting relationship stay in a safe and uh, uh, non-contentious relationship? And save money. And save money. Use Soberlink. Right. I'm serious. Save so Use Soberlink. As we all know, it is a breathalyzer that you can carry around. It's a very small device. You blow into it. It has facial recognition. So anybody that's going to get the alert or the email, they know that it was you that was being tested. And you're self-testing. You're self-monitoring. It's not going to some agency or going to some lab where you have to pee in a cup. It's real-time notification to say... I'm with my child. I am sober. I have not had anything to drink. And I am being an excellent parent, spending quality time with my kid. And no one is going to be able to question that because it's independent third-party verification. So if you get accused of doing something that the court would not like you doing, whether you did it or not, doesn't matter. If you're just accused of it, Soberlink is going to be that get-out-of-jail-free card because you're going to say, look... I wasn't drinking. Here are the results. Real-time data. Soberlink works so hard to keep your children safe, to keep your divorce moving forward, and to offer this remote alcohol monitoring system. It is the gold standard because of their commitment to the technology. Don't miss out on Soberlink's free guide for this holiday season. You can request it today by visiting Soberlink.com toaster. That's Soberlink.com toaster. Thank you to Soberlink for their sponsorship of this show. All right, whose turn is it? I don't have another show. I'm out. I guess that's me. Well, for my final pick, this is, uh, we'll count this one for both of us then. You're so kind. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you'll be <laughs> thrilled. That's very good. Uh, the IMDb rating on this one is 5.9. Oh, way so, to give that one right to in, me. Right Thanks for sharing that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you could take, you could take uh, Chef if you want, but I'm giving you this instead. This is a movie that I hold near and dear to my heart. And just like Pete with Chef, uh, you put a movie in this setting, and I am there for it every time. Um, it is about two parents. They are divorced. One is uh, has a boyfriend, and of course, the boyfriend uh, takes their son out for an adventure, and uh, things go amiss. And so the two uh, divorced parents have to come together with some experts to try to uh, help their kid from this issue, uh, this problem that uh, that has befallen them. And it is, of course, the problem of dinosaurs. I am, of course, talking about, about Jurassic Park 3. 
a personal favorite of mine. I love this movie. It is. Uh, I, I know a lot of people give it flack, but I really. It's the fact truly, that you just didn't stop talking about after you said Jurassic Park. It's that you had to add the three. Like, who does that? There are two people. I know two people who think best. that's the best. You're one of them. I, I Andy. It's the best. <laughs> and it is about a divorce. You've got William H. Macy and Tia Leone yeah. as the divorced parents having to bring Sam Neill back to the island so that he can help them find their son who is stuck and is now uh, trying to <laughs> so survive. The, this is what uh, went through my uh, mind, Pete, when he says Jurassic yeah. Park 3. Okay, the first thing that went through <laughs> my mind was this is why we don't let him talk on the show. <laughs> Okay, that was the, first thing. the second thing is because I'm a lawyer, I literally went through all of my legal objections, like relevant, speculative, compound, <laughs> and I got to my favorite one, dumbass legal argument, judge. <laughs> Outstanding. Outstanding. So, Andy, I appreciate so your generosity during the holiday season, but I will pass on this gift. <laughs> Because I will share with you now, I would not even re-gift it. It's that bad. Oh, ouch. You know what? Just give it right back to me because I will just oh, watch it again. Go. I'm right. there I'm for gonna it. Get it right. I'm going to get it for you on a VH recording, like a tape. <laughs> VHS, <laughs> VHS recording. recording. Nice. Uh, I'm going oh, to go ahead and uh, I'm going to level us up. I'm going to class up the joint here. Um, the the last movie on my list is uh, a movie that I, you know, I I've, I've watched it a couple of times and I think it's and and the director is is kind of hit and miss for me. <laughs> I I struggle with some of this director's work, but the movie is fascinating for a number of reasons. Number one, it's full of some really great performances. Number two, it's filled with really great performances that were captured over many many years from 2002 to 2013. The movie I'm talking about is Boyhood from director Richard Linklater mm-hmm. and uh, it was actually captured in re- like over the 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 course of this boy's life. The boy Eller Coltrane, uh, the actor played by Eller Coltrane uh it, it tells the story of him um growing up from 6 to 18. But it's the same actor. So they filmed these scenes as he was growing up. It was not a recast thing. Years and years apart. Which makes the movie fascinating to watch when you're aware of that. When you're not aware of it, it's a story of Ethan Hawke and and, uh, Patricia Arquette uh, as parents dealing with, you know, their relationship issues and and co-parenting and dealing with this kid who's growing up with them and going through all of the things that he's growing up with. uh, uh, All of the issues he's facing. Going to school, dealing with, you know, substance abuse, dealing with all the things that, that go into to making uh, making a life. And I think it's it's a fascinating sort of pushing the the boundaries of what it takes to make a movie and incredibly risky to do this kind of thing and count on this boy still being an actor, you know, at 18. That's what I was Um, thinking. Like, yeah, what happens if the guy's like, I'm done with this? Yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. How, who signed well, that contract, right? He certainly hasn't really done much since. No, so. no, he, he really hasn't. Yeah. But but I think, I mean, come on, Andy, you got to agree. I mean, the movie's... Oh, fantastic. It, it's a good movie. Um, what it, is it on IMBD? I'm so glad you asked, Seth. I'm really, really glad you asked, because I think I'm closing this out, and I'd like to close this out with a, a mic drop, magnitude 7.9. Pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, pretty solid. solid. Pretty solid. What was Jurassic Park 
three. Oh, seven. <laughs> what? I I can't believe. Uh, Jurassic Park three. Point, I'm gonna. It was a five point nine. Five point nine. Oh, oh no, yeah. it's right down there with Matilda the Musical. <laughs> of course, nobody's seen Matilda yet. They know what they're voting on with Jurassic Park three. <laughs> well, Andy, we look forward to talking to you next year. <laughs> Please go back in the hole under the stairs. I'll go back to my box. <laughs> no, thank you both. It was, it was still a lot of fun. And happy holidays to the both of you. And uh, Seth, you've got some movie watching for the holidays. Jurassic sure Park 3, baby. Come my way. I'll be asleep Can't before wait. the opening credits. <laughs> see if you can make it to... In, you should watch Boyhood and see if you can make it to, I don't know, 13. Yeah. If you can get to when he's 13. You'll be fine. Yeah, is, is he bar mitzvah at 13? Maybe I'll stick around for that. I, I've never <laughs> been to one of those. <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody thank you so much for hanging out with us for for uh, your time and attention this fine holiday season we hope you are watching lots of great great movies whether they're related to uh, the law or holidays or co-parenting or not we just want you to enjoy some movies enjoy some new podcasts we'll see you right back here for the start of season seven of this show next week right here on how to split a toaster a divorce podcast about saving your relationships Seth Nelson is an attorney with NLG Divorce and Family Law with offices in Tampa, Florida. While we may be discussing family law topics, how to split a toaster is not intended to, nor is it providing legal advice. Every situation is different. If you have specific questions regarding your situation, please seek your own legal counsel with an attorney licensed to practice law in your jurisdiction. Pete Wright is not an attorney or employee of NLG Divorce and Family Law. Seth Nelson is licensed to practice law in Florida. I've been podcasting since 2006. In that time, I've tried countless hosting platforms. But in August 2022, we switched to Transistor to power all of our shows here at True Story FM. And it's been a game changer. I love the Transistor allows unlimited podcasts and storage without extra charges. We can publish so much content. And we do. If you want to start up a podcast, do yourself a favor and host your show on Transistor. With their one-click publishing, you can get your new show onto all the major podcast directories effortlessly. And their website builder lets you quickly build custom sites for each show. The detailed analytics are invaluable, too. You can access all kinds of listener data anytime. Oh, and the versatile players allow you to embed episodes anywhere to reach new listeners. Plus, the team behind Transistor is super responsive and keeps making the platform even better. After using countless hosting services over 15 plus years, Transistor has been hands down the best podcast partner for us. If you want a hosting platform to take all the worry out of getting your podcast out into the world, go to thenextreel.com slash Transistor and check it out. Support our show and support your own show by going to thenextreel.com slash Transistor. Start growing your podcast today.